there, and thank you for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe church is not just something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until a family is there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. King's House. Wonderful to have everyone here this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to see you. It is. It's so awesome to have you guys here this morning. So honored, so blessed. Listen, five o'clock tonight, I need you to invite somebody back to church here between five and seven this evening. I don't know if you noticed when you came in today, but we like Christmas just a little bit here at the King's House. Did you notice? You think any other church in town has a a full-size reindeer in their foyer? I don't think so. Uh, We've we've been doing field trips all week with Kiowa and Pittsburgh and Savannah and Frank, and it's it's been so much fun. It's been a a great, great week. Thank you to all the volunteers and the people that work to make it possible. But we're we're doing our Christmas presentation one more time tonight between 5 to 7. And listen, if you know a family that has some kids, you've been praying for that family, trying to figure out a good way to get that family in church, this is your night tonight, I promise. It's so much fun. I know what you're wondering, and yes, I will be wearing green tights tonight, dressed as Buddy the Elf. So just put your heart at ease. I I know what you're wondering. Yes, you won't be disappointed. Me and Jessica Brenner have been spreading so much Christmas cheer. She's uh, Jovi, and I'm Buddy, and it's just wild. And uh, I actually did eat noodles with maple syrup, sprinkles, and a donut all mixed in. I did that this week. It's as horrible as you might have imagined it was. Wow, bellyache big time later, but five to seven tonight, guys. And let me say this, I love you so much. You are the greatest group of people ever assembled under a church roof in the history of planet Earth. I mean that with all my heart. I'm incredibly biased, but I mean that with all my heart. But if I had one complaint about you, it would be this. Sometimes leading you is literally like herding cats. Quite literally, okay? Because we announce these events and everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sign up for that. And then, like, I call you and I text you and I stalk you and Blake calls and texts and stalks. And then the night before the event, you're like, oh, I need to sign up for that. Right? Yeah. So, for the love of God, please sign up for the marriage conference, guys. Hopefully, the marriage that you're in currently is your last marriage. Hopefully. That's our prayer. 
<laughs> you get one life. Hopefully this is your last marriage. So why wouldn't you want to be happy in that marriage, right? I don't like to be miserable. You don't like to be miserable either. So listen, there's two things that affect every marriage. Look at the national statistics. This isn't the Mark's gospel. This is national statistics. Two reasons marriages don't make it. Number one is money. Number two, sexual issues. We are going to address both of those things, financial peace in January, marriage conference in February. Guys, listen, please don't wait. I, I say this all the time, but 90% of people that come to me for help, like Pastor Martin, my marriage is over. It's the wheels have come off. It's a dumpster fire. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, luckily, we serve a God of miracles. Come on, somebody. Luckily, man, people can pray, and, 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 and God works out some beautiful things. But please don't wait until your marriage is like the wheels have completely come off, and it's a dumpster fire. And then you're like, oh, I need to do something about this marriage. No, bro, you need to do something about the marriage like five years before that moment, right? So we say, like, I, I have a good marriage. Praise God. Let's make it better. Sign up today, Financial Peace, Marriage Conference in February. You will not be disappointed. It will be a great time. I'm not preaching at the Marriage Conference, okay? You don't have to listen to me. It's going to be great. Can you guys do that for me? Okay, that was about as mediocre response as I could have ever expected. <laughs> I'm feeling very confident that you're going to sign up today, right? I'm not going to have to text one person after that response. Yeah, wow, okay. Well... <laughs> We're on part two of this three-part series called The Christmas Carol. And last week I preached a sermon called The Ghost of Christmas Past. I don't know if you know this about your past, but you can't change it. I don't know if you know this about your past, you can't fix it. Here's what I do know about your past, though, that whatever hurts and guilt and pain and shame that you're carrying around, I know that God can set you free. That's where you say amen, Pastor Mark. That's where you're like, yeah, God can set you free. But you have to be willing to let those things go. And that's what we talked about last week. And today I'm preaching a message called The Ghost of Christmas Presents. Now, as believers, we spend an enormous amount of time talking about how God can deal with the past. And I think that's very necessary. How God can heal your past, how God can restore your past. Is there anybody in the room this morning that is so thankful that God can take the broken pieces of your life and turn them into something beautiful? Aren't you thankful this morning? It is one of the great hopes of the gospel. It is so vitally important to talk about our past. As believers, we also love talking about our futures because we have an incredible hope for the future, if Jesus is living in your heart, listen, Scripture is very clear. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord, man. Scripture says we don't have to grieve like the rest of people grieve who don't have hope. When one of our loved ones leaves this earth, it's not the end of the story. It's the beginning of a brand new, much greater, much more wonderful chapter. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And that's what he's doing. And this is no just ordinary place. This is a place with no more sickness, with no more pain, a place with no more death, a place where he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Man, I'm looking forward to that place. Scripture says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that he has prepared for us. Listen, this world is not my home. I am a pilgrim passing through. My citizenship is in heaven this morning because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on, man. My future is incredible. Your future this morning with Jesus in your heart is incredible. 
yet perhaps one of the most important times, seasons of our life, for whatever reason, gets talked about the absolute least. And that, friends, is your present. Think about it for just a little bit. Your present is so important because this is where you exist, in your now, in your today. Listen, your past was your present. And your future one day will be your present. All the lives that you're living right now, you are living in and with the consequences of the decisions you made in the past. And you are simultaneously making decisions that are forming and shaping your future. But all of that happens right here in your present. This is why it's so important that we talk about this because this is where you exist. The present is where you will spend all of your time in the present, in the now. And God doesn't want us just to survive through the seasons of the present that we're in. He's called every believer to thrive in whatever season you find yourself in today. Come on, somebody. So important. The Bible is full of powerful promises for this present season that we find ourselves in. Powerful promises that are relevant for each and every one of us today. Not, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Promises for today. I just want to share a few of these incredible promises with you. First one's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will... Help me out. Knock and the door will be open. Can I tell you something, church? If you want to know your purpose in life, all you got to do is ask and seek and knock. If you want to know the plans that he has for your life, and he does have a plan for your life, you just got to ask and seek and knock. You can have a relationship with Jesus. You can have as much Jesus as you want to have if you're willing to ask and seek and knock. And this is a powerful promise for us today that is relevant here in your present. Here's another promise. Everyone knows this, but it's Jeremiah 29, 11. What an incredible promise that he knows the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is a promise that you need to have etched in stone on your heart. I mean, a non-negotiable truth that you believe that the God I serve is really, really good. And he has a really good plan and purpose for my future, for my today. Isn't that good news, King's House? Man, you need to stand on that word. He's a good God. He's got a good plan for your life. Here's another incredible, I mean, life-altering promise from Jesus in John chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This word know in the Greek is gnosko, which means I have an intimate, personal relationship with my sheep. Here's some fantastic news this morning. You can know God. You can hear God. You can have a relationship with God. It's okay to say amen right there. That's, I think that's good news. Listen, if you are a believer this morning, you have a very real Holy Spirit that came to live inside of you. You were dead. The Holy Spirit came and brought you to life. This person's so important that Jesus said, it's better if I leave. That's strong words coming from the Messiah, right? 
It's better if I leave because if I leave, I will send you somebody to live inside of you to be your helper, to be your counselor, to be your comforter, to be your teacher. I'm so thankful today that there is a very real Holy Spirit living inside believers. You can talk to God, have a relationship with God. He can lead you, comfort you, counsel you, teach you. This is an incredible promise. However, oftentimes in our lives, when we pray, when we seek God and we're looking for an answer from heaven, let me tell you what we hear. Be real quiet. Listen. Did you hear that? Of course not because it was nothing. You heard nothing. Anybody in the room by a show of hands, when you pray, has there ever been a time where you heard nothing in return? Come on, get those hands up, you liars. We've all experienced that. My gosh, right? Now listen, there's plenty of moments in my life, plenty, where I know that I meet with God. Plenty of moments where I know he's speaking to me. Listen, he gives me direction. He gives me wisdom. He gives me strategy for this church. Like, I know what it feels like to just feel God's love and his presence wrapped all around you. One big old body of a goosebump, man. Feels like you're wrapped up in a peanut butter and Jesus sandwich. I mean, just, woo! Those are some powerful, powerful moments. But the truth is, we're going to spend huge portions of our lives, huge portions of this present season that we're in, that's just not the case. There's a man in the Bible, he said that this is a man after God's own heart. I mean, that is a bold thing to be said about a man after God's heart. This guy had an incredible, intimate relationship with Jesus. He prophesied things thousands of years before they happened. This person knew God. But listen to what he wrote in Psalms chapter 22. See if you can relate to this, any of you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. This isn't a heathen. This isn't a lost person. This is King David, a man after God's own heart. But the truth is there's going to be days and weeks and months at a time that this is what life feels like. You're crying out to God. God, you said that I can know you. You said that I can hear your voice. God, where are you? Why aren't you listening? Why aren't you talking? In the midst of all these incredible promises that the word gives us to stand on, this other truth is equally as real. And this contrast, I think, is so important for every person in this room today because here's the reality is that most of our life happens right there in the middle. That's where most of our life happens, stuck between these Two worlds of these promises that God said and the reality of what I'm seeing in my life. Most of your life will be lived right here in the middle, in the present. Not your past, not your future, but your today. Let me show you how this works. Go to that next slide. 
Here's an illustration. We can all relate to this. There's been times in our lives where you knew you met with God, I hope. If not, you need to pray for one of these moments. That you knew you met with God. That you knew he gave you a promise that your son or your daughter is going to come back to the Lord. That he's going to do a miracle in your marriage. Whatever it is, he gave you a promise. And if you're anything like me, man, you were all kinds of fired up. Woo! And I wake up tomorrow morning like God's about to do something. And then maybe it doesn't happen that day, right? Is this just me? Am I the only unspiritual person in the room? That's not true. I know that's not true. <laughs> and maybe the next day, like, man, God made me a promise. He's about to do something in my life. Yeah. Well, sometimes those days turn into weeks, and sometimes those weeks turn into months. And if you'll be aware in your life, there can be this huge gap between God making a promise and you stepping into the fulfillment of that promise. And this space in between here is called the middle. This space in between here is called the present life where you're just following Jesus. How many of you can relate to this, this huge gap between, man, Jesus came way over here and this is who I was. Anybody in the room, God have to reach way down for you. Come on. Some of you, like, you, you were even over here somewhere. I mean, God had to reach way on down for some of you heathens. Come on. Go, go, gadget Jesus arms. I mean, he had to reach down. And it says that the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, right? You're a new creation Yet the gap between where Jesus found you and over here where he, you step into the, the perfect image of who he made you to be. These two worlds could not be further apart, friends. Listen, here's the reality of it. You don't ever reach this place until you leave this earth. You're never going to be the perfect image of what he made you to be. You're going to spend all this time, all these trials, tribulations, victories, mountaintops, valleys. This is the middle. This is the present. This is where we spend the majority of our life. We need to be asking ourselves this question. If the present is where I spend all of my time. If this is where the majority of my Christian walk happens, then how can I be successful in this season in the middle? How can I be successful in my present? Listen, you have to buy into this reality. It's not just you. There was a man named Noah, and God came to Noah and said, Noah, it's going to rain. I need you to build a boat. And Noah says, A, what's a boat? B, what the heck is rain? Because it ain't never rained before. And there had never been a boat built before. And I'm sure people thought Noah was crazy. He enlisted his whole family to help build said boat for said rain that had never happened before. Listen, if people think I'm a cult leader, can you imagine what they said about Noah? <laughs> think about it. For 100 years. 100 years, Noah lived in the middle, caught between the two worlds of God made me a promise, and I've been obedient, and I'm following after his commands. Caught between that world 
in the first day where some watery substances started falling from the sky. Friends, I'm sure Noah faced all sorts of ridicule, was made fun of, was talked about. He's so crazy. But it's only crazy until it happens. Come on, somebody. I promise when it started raining, all of a sudden, Noah wasn't crazy no more. Woo, Noah, you were right. Let me on that boat. 100 years. Moses saw the affliction of the Hebrews, realized he was a Hebrew, tried to intervene, killed an Egyptian. This great deliverer who God had saved in a basket full of crocodiles in a river, this great deliverer spent 40 years pretending to be a shepherd. 40 years, him just living in the middle, man. Caught between two worlds, living in the present. The children of Israel. They were given a promise that God had a land for them, flowing with milk and honey, an incredible land. 450 years they lived in captivity, trapped between what God said and seeing that promise fulfilled. Think about Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Prince of Heaven, the Messiah. He left heaven laid aside all of his godly attributes, became a person, came here for a mission. You are the mission, to pay for your sin, to give his life, to restore relationship. We see Jesus when he's in the manger, right? We see Jesus when the wise men come and bring their gifts. We see Jesus when he was 12 years old and his parents were terribly negligent and lost him. I don't know how you lose the Messiah, right? I'm sure there's some subpar parents in the room, but at least you've never lost the Messiah. Come on. Good news. Probably should have had like one of those armband systems, one of those little suits that you wear your kids, something. I mean, he's the son of God. You got to take care of him. We see Jesus when he's 12. And then we don't see Jesus again for 18 years. Have you ever thought about that? We see him when he's 12, and we don't see Jesus again until he's 30. For 18 years. You know what Jesus is doing? Working in the carpentry shop. He left heaven. The Son of God came for a purpose to give his life to be the Savior of the world. And here he is making tables and rocking chairs. I feel confident there was probably some days of like a little bit of frustration, some days of questioning like, God, when am I actually going to get to do what I came to this earth to do? But even Jesus himself was trapped in the middle, in the present for 18 years. Friends, the truth is there is a process through the season of present that God wants to work in you. You don't ever reach the fulfillment of the promise until you're willing to walk the process in between those two worlds of just Living in the present. Living in the presence. Listen, I'm going to give you some, some help this morning. A path, if you will, for the present. A map so that you can not only survive these middle seasons, but God's called you to thrive in these middle seasons. Let me tell you what you need, friends. The first thing you need to survive this present season, this time in the middle. If, here's a map for the middle. The first thing you need is you need a whole bunch of trust. You, you really do. You need a whole bunch of trust. And let me give you some bad news right now. Trust is the lifelong lesson. You never graduate from the test of trust. He just keeps letting you take it over and over and over and over. And here's the, the other kind of disappointing thing about this is the test don't ever get easier when it comes to trust. 
He wants you to trust him this much, and then he asks for this much, and then he asks for this much, and those tests just get bigger and bigger and require more trust and more faith because the more you have to trust, the closer you have to walk with God. The more you have to trust, the more you have to rely on Jesus, which is what he wants, a relationship with you. Think about this for a moment, though. It doesn't sound very fun, like all this trust. Everything in your Christian walk requires a ridiculous amount of trust. I mean, a ridiculous amount. It's become so commonplace to us, things we believe. But can I just ask you a question really fast? Where did God come from? Who created him? He just just showed up one day like some infinite being just, he just was from the beginning. And like how long is eternity? And how long did that beginning happen before? And how long does eternity last in the future? Somebody explain that to me. Where did God come from? And and this, this God who was uncreated, so powerful that with his voice, He spoke creation to existence. Planets and galaxies millions of light years away, he just just spit them things out, just spoke it. Okay. And uh, somebody that infinite and that powerful wanted to have a relationship with somebody like us. So uh, he formed us out of dirt. Except your woman sitting next to you, he took a rib from you to do that. And there's probably some days that you wish you had that rib back. Am I right, fellas? February 18th is our King's House Marriage Conference. I'm just going to give these plugs along the way. And there was a mystical, magical tree that they couldn't eat from, but they did. And that brought sin into the world and death into the world. But then this uncreated God had a son, and this son loved you so much that he was willing to leave heaven, come to earth. He died on a cross. Somehow dying on the cross paid for your sins. And now all you have to do is ask, and you can magically be forgiven and live forever in eternity. And at the end of doing his job, this son of God just floated off into the clouds, and I'm supposed to believe that someday he's just going to come back riding a white horse. That is exactly what I believe, by the way, a thousand percent. But can we agree that that story takes a bunch of faith? Can we agree that that story takes a bunch of trust, that that sounds absolutely crazy? But if you can trust God with that... Friends, you can trust God with your day-to-day life and your day-to-day struggles. He's good enough. He's big enough. Do you believe that this morning, church? He is. January of 2020, man, 2019 had been a phenomenal year for the King's House. God just healed and restored. And January of 2020, uh, the church was just moving in such an exciting direction. I'm in the sound booth. I'm preparing a sermon. I get a phone call from somebody that I love and trust, a pastor friend of mine. He's, he's emotional. He said, Mark, man, I just met with God, and he, he gave me a word. Like, I got to tell you what God said. All right, man, do tell. He said, God's going to use you like Moses to lead your people out of bondage. But the bondage that you're going to lead this church out of is the financial bondage and that debt that you've been drowning in. God's about to deliver you, Mark. Woo! Man, I mean, I just talk about a peanut butter and Jesus sandwich. I mean, I just, man, I felt God's presence. I called Blake and Chris instantly. I said, get to the sound booth, man. We gathered hands. We prayed. We thanked God that he was going to deliver us from this incredible debt. It was just a very holy moment. We knew God was in it. 
The very next month, uh, I was preaching a series called Crazy Faith, February of 2020. And man, this church's faith was so high. And people were dreaming big dreams and believing God for some amazing things. I stood right here behind this pulpit and I said, listen, God's given us a promise. This church is going to be debt free and we're going to reach this city and we're going to buy hotels. And I mean, I'm just on a daggum rant. I mean, I was... Just feeling it that morning. I don't know if you know, but sometimes I just feel it and things just, whew, come out of this mouth. It was one of those. And at the first of March, we went to Burundi, Africa, because the church had just built not one but two schools in the nation of Burundi. First schools ever in that village in the history of its existence. So we went to dedicate these schools. It was so amazing. It was so powerful. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe 1,000, I don't know, 2,000 people were at this meeting. I mean, just a sea of African faces. And I'm preaching and I'm talking about God's faithfulness. And they don't say amen. Um, the drummers from Black Panther, that waterfall scene, you know what I'm talking about? Bum, 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 bum. They were there. <laughs> they were literally them. They were there. And every time I, like, made a good point, instead of amen, they're like, bum, 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 bum. Dude, I had so much adrenaline in my veins that day. Man, I mean, I'm on cloud nine. All these things that God's doing. And then I get a phone call, like, Mark, stuff's gone crazy. My wife's telling me, there's armed security guarding the toilet paper at Walmart. Like, what? We guarding toilet papers with guns? Like, what is happening? I catch the last flight out of East Africa, literally. I come back, we're flying over D.C., six lanes of, of roads below us, not a single car. Like, the zombie apocalypse has happened while I'm in Africa. We land at the airport, CDC vans are everywhere. In my absence, unbeknownst to me, we had been a part of a global pandemic. And for the next nine weeks, we don't even have church here. And can I tell you who felt like the world's biggest moron? I mean, three weeks ago, I'm standing up here, we're going to be debt free, we're going to change the world, we're going to, and then we don't even have church for nine weeks. Our financial intake goes, I mean, here I was trapped between God's promise and the fulfillment of that. Not always fun. The praise team comes up here. We pretend like there's a church full of people. There's nobody here. Man, we're singing. And I asked the praise team, like, well, you sit here, you sit here, you sit. So I can have somebody to talk to because I'm at the front of the stage just preaching my little heart out, pretending like this place was full. Uh, of course, my dear, dear friends, Josh Landry, Johnny Blankenship, they're holding up signs while I'm preaching, you suck, stop talking. <laughs> literally, literally, people are running across the chairs in the back with their shirts off. I mean, like, trying to destroy. It was a crazy place up in here for a few weeks, man. Just, you're trying to find any bit of joy in this horrific situation. But there we were. And, and what else do you do when you're caught between those two worlds of what God said and what you see happening? You just trust. You just put your head down and you just keep going. You just trust that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And that's what we did for the next year and a half. We just put our heads down and we just kept plowing. And we just kept telling ourselves, God, you're faithful. And you brought us this far and you're not going to stop now. And then September 14th, 2021, somebody hands me a check for $1.6 million. And the church became debt free. That's why Proverbs 3 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and do not depend on your own understanding. Friends, if you want this gospel to make sense and you're trying to figure it out with your brain, you might as well just stop now. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust a God who's so much bigger than you. Number two, I gotta hurry up, I'm running out of time. Number two, to thrive in the middle in this present season, here's what you gotta do you gotta trust. You, you've got to trust. I don't know if you realize this about God, but you can't rush the process. You can't try to do it on your own. You want to make a mess out of something, then try to figure it out on your own, right? And I don't know if you realize this or not, but your timing and God's timing are never the same. Never the same. Your timing are not the same. So you just got to trust and allow God to work his process. Abraham was 75 years old, and he received a promise from the Lord that he's going to be made into a great nation. Problem is he has no children. He's 75 years old, but he believes that promise. He takes that promise, and 10 years go by, and guess what had happened? Nothing. Day after day after day, holding on to that promise, believing that promise, nothing had happened in 10 years. So Abraham decides God needs a little bit of help. Sarah decides God needs a little assistance. Abraham sleeps with her maidservant. They have a son named Ishmael. It causes a mess, a mess, a mess. Because that's what happens when we try to help God out. We just make a mess. Fifteen more years after that, Sarah had a son named Isaac, the promised son. Twenty-five years of living in the present. Twenty-five years of being stuck in the middle between what God said and seeing the fulfillment of those things. If you want to thrive in the present, friends, first of all, you got to trust. Second of all, you got to trust. And the third thing you got to do to thrive in the present season is you got to trust. You got to trust. You got to figure out a way to stand on God's promises and trust. Ephesians 6 says this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, you've done everything else, you know how to do, friends. You just got to keep on standing. That's it. It's not magical. It's not very romanticized. It's not glamorous because that's what the day-to-day Christian life is. It's not glamorous. We romanticize it. We pick out days from our lives, but we leave out whole months and years in between. Well, that was a great day. Well, well, gosh dang, yeah, there's a bunch of great days mixed in. But the average day is not glamorous, and it's not easy. And you just got to trust, and you just got to stand. I want to give you three tips today in closing to help you stand and trust God. They all start with the letter R, so you can hopefully remember them easier. The first thing you got to do to stand and trust God is this. You got to remember. You got to remember what He's done, and you got to remember who He is. Sometimes you get in the midst of a storm and you forget what He's done, and you forget exactly who He is, and all you see is the waves crashing all around you. But you have to remember when David walked up on that giant, the first thing he did was remember who his God was. And the same God that delivered me from the lion is the same God that delivered me from the bear, and He's going to be the same God that delivers you, giant, into my hands. And it's the same for each and every one of your lives. The same God who was faithful last week 
week and the month before that and the year before that, friends, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has not changed. And you need to remember that. Remember who he is and what he's done in your life. So you gotta remember to stand and trust God. The second thing you gotta do is you gotta remind yourself sometimes, what's the last thing God told you to do? Keep doing it. Remind yourself, listen, I've had it happen thousands of times over the years. Somebody comes to me and, and let's just say, oh, Pastor Mark, I know God's called me to serve in the youth. Man, I'm just so passionate. I want to see God change and transform those young lives. Yeah, man, can I serve in the youth? Like, yeah, man, we need, we need help in the youth department. Well, then it's not very glamorous. Come on, where you at, Timmons? Give me an amen. Yeah. It's not always very romanticized. Sometimes it's just hard. And sometimes those little sweet angels are just disrespectful. And you just want to choke them out. I mean, hug them and pray for them. Yeah. So you get disappointed, you get disillusioned. All of a sudden you begin to question yourself, like, well, I don't really know, that's what God coming. And then you end up in Mark Hennon's office and you say, Mark, I'm just lost. I just, I have no idea what God's called me to do. I have no idea what his plan for my life is. And I say to you, well, what's the last thing God told you to do? Work with the youth, okay. Did he tell you to stop working with the youth? Keep working with the youth. I mean, what's the last thing God told you to do? Think about this when you're in school. What's the only time that the teacher is quiet, not talking? Test time, friends. Sometimes when heaven goes silent, it's a test. Are you can do you have the strength, the passion, the tenacity to continue to do the last thing that God told you to do until he tells you? To quit doing it. Remind yourself, what am I supposed to be doing? Put your hands to the plow and get busy doing what God told you to do. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. Do it. Thank you. I feel like that deserved a clap too. I preach so much better than you respond most days. I really do. And the last R is you need to repeat. Repeat, do the things that you know to do. Do the things you know to do. 10 years ago, I'm battling crippling depression. Let me tell you how I got out of that crippling depression. Number one, the love and grace of Jesus reached way down, just like he does for each and every one of us. But I made a decision, I'm gonna do the things that I know to do, right? I know I'm supposed to pray and seek God, I'm gonna do that. I know how to fast. I know how to dive into that word. Friends, I know how to worship when everything's going wrong. I'm gonna worship. I know how to surround myself with other believers to, to build my faith, to encourage me. Those are the things that I'm going to do. Well, Pastor Mark, what if I don't feel like praying? What if it feels like it's not working? What if it feels like he, he's not listening or he's not answering? So what? Just pray, man. Just do the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't really have a reason to worship. The enemy's attacking me and everything's going wrong and my life's just going apart. Friend, that is the best time to get down on your knees, to lift your hands and say, I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna seek God. I'm gonna do those things that I know how to do even to this day when I don't know what to do. I just do what I know I'm supposed to do. 
I just do the thing and I just repeat that process. And I repeat that process and I repeat, 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 repeat. I just keep doing those things. And then one supernatural day, I realize that I have stepped out of my present. Those things that seem like they were so far in the future are now in my today. And I've crossed over from promises made and I've crossed over into promises fulfilled. And I realize God is doing exactly what he promised me he was going to do. But you just got to keep doing it and keep doing it it and keep doing it and keep doing it just keep standing do the things that you know you're supposed to do remember who he is remind yourself the last instruction he gave you and just repeat it friends repeat it repeat it i want to leave you with this philippians 1 says this i'm certain that god who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You didn't start the work in your life, friends. You didn't choose him, he chose you. You didn't find Jesus, Jesus found you. You didn't start the work in your life, he started it for you. And if he started the work in your life, he is going to finish the work in your life. As you're in this season of living in the present, of living in the middle, just trust God. Scripture says, I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. I've been young, I'm not old yet, I'm well on my way. I have never seen Jesus not be faithful. I've never seen Jesus not be good. I've never seen Jesus not be trustworthy. I have never seen Jesus not be a man of his word. I've never seen a time where Jesus didn't come through, wasn't always on my time schedule or the way I thought it was gonna happen, but he is always faithful. He is always good. He is a man of his word and he's gonna do exactly in your life what he said he's gonna do in your life. Friends, if you will just trust through the present. Will you pray with me? God, I love you so much. I'm so incredibly thankful for everything you've done in this church, for everything you've done in these lives over the years, God. I've seen whole families give their hearts to you. I've seen whole families baptized. I've seen you do miracles in marriages. I've seen you do miracles breaking off the chains of of addiction. And God, I'm just so thankful. And God, I believe wholeheartedly that our best days are still in front of us. God, every person in this room has a dream, has a purpose, you have a plan for their life. Inevitably, God, they're going to face seasons of just being stuck in the middle, just living in the present, working that process. God, I just ask today that supernaturally you would give us joy for the journey in the middle. Supernaturally, God, that you would encourage us, strengthen us, give us exactly what we need to continue to stand and to continue to trust you. I thank you, Jesus. You're a man of your word. You're faithful even when we're not faithful. God, you're always good. I'm going to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, man, I love you, King's House. Invite somebody to church tonight, 5 o'clock. See you then, guys. God bless. 
Thank you for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving, or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet each week at 124 V. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your children before arriving on the Sunday service of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at our website. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click the subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages. You can even listen to KH Worship original songs from Spotify, Apple Music, or other streaming services. We look forward to seeing you soon.